You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ah, please don't shoot. Do not shoot. Yes, I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling. Simon Miller is not here, but he promised me that he'd be nice. He said you'd be nice in the comment section. So if you're not, I'm going to tell Mr. Miller and he's going to take the ups and downs dominoes off you. So on that cheery note of way of starting an ups and downs video, of course, yeah, I'm Gareth and I've not really done this before. I've not really done the, the raw ups and downs, done a lot of NXT stuff, done Smackdown once, done Rampage. So this, this is a big deal. Very special time to be alive. And whoo, what an episode of Raw I had to talk about because there was, there was a lot going on a week or so away from crown jewels so you know the drill by now i'm gonna give the ups goods and the bads downs that's how this works right yeah sure it is let's do it So kicking us off on this edition of Raw, like I said, Crown Jewel is like, what, a week or so away, week and a bit. So Judgment Day came out, all four members of the Judgment Day, because they've got a big old match against the OC at said Saudi Arabia event. And, well, they, they, they had a bit of a spring in the step, didn't they? Because Dominic Mysterio rolled up AJ Styles last week, didn't he? Damien Priest was out in full biker kit mode and then you had Rhea Ripley just being a little mischievous devil and Dominic was just absolutely reveling in the fact that he beat AJ and then Finn Balor had the audacity to say that that match last week was one of the greatest of all time and it looked like everyone in attendance wanted to fight him for it. And Dominic Mysterio then just doubled down on this. He got his typical raining down of booze moment and he said that I am this generation's Eddie Guerrero. He's this generation's his own puppy. His puppy, he is, he is, he is his puppy of this generation and his puppy was the dumb of his generation. It has a lot of, lot of generational madness. And oh, there was more to come. Because typically the OC just came straight out. They said, no, we're not standing for this, Dominic. You need to shut up. We really burned him there, AJ. And then instead of saying you're this generation's Eddie Guerrero, he kind of sort of alluded to the fact that he is this generation's James Ellsworth. So Dominic, you're a no-chin man, apparently. I did not think in the year of 2022 we'd seriously have James Ellsworth's name being name-dropped on Raw, but <laughs> here we are. And this all led into a match between Finn Balor and Carl Anderson, the old club pals, OC, Bullet Club, whatever you want to call them. They were buddies. They had a fight. And it was a pretty fun match. There was a bit of a weird moment on commentary where Kevin Patrick was like, these two know each other so damn well. They know exactly what each other likes for breakfast. It got me thinking, well, what does, what does Finn Balor like? Well, he probably likes a big bowl of catnip. And if you know, you know. And after some pretty slick in-ring action, you saw like a jumping netbreaker thing from Carl Anderson on Finn Balor, which I thought was magnificent. His typical, fantastic 
plastic spine buster, all these lovely things that you know you're going to get with the machine gun himself. After all of that, chaos just ensued on the outside because Dominic wanted to get involved because of course he does. He just wants a bit of attention, just wants a bit of love. And after all this, like everyone was fighting, everyone's getting thrown over an ounce desk, Rhea Bloody Ripley went and power slammed Luke Gallows. That's not a little man. That's not somebody maybe on the same size of a Finn Balor or a Carl Anderson or even an AJ Styles. No, that was the biggest dude of the lot. Just picked him up, scooped him, dropped him on the floor like a sack of spuds. This all led to the referee being a little bit distracted, so we had his back turn. Rhea came in. She gave old Carl Anderson a big old boot to the machine gun itself. He dropped to the floor. Finn Balor got the win and Judgment Day have got more momentum because who, who needs more momentum? Not Judgment Day, but they took some anyway. And to be honest, this really worked for me because the Judgment Day just need to keep stacking these odds, showing that they can outmaneuver. The numbers game's really playing eggs. Rhea Ripley's not just like a stationary kind of manager. She can get involved. She can power slam a full Luke Gallows. And also it gives the baby face an even bigger hill to climb coming into Crown Jewel, which is precisely what you want coming into this kind of event. So I'm going to give the whole thing a bit of an up, and I believe there's like a distraction counter thing that we do. So I don't know if that's... Is that 13? 13 distractions? I tried to do some research, but my memories just escaped me, so I'm going to go 13. If it's not, I'm an idiot. We then relive the fact that The Miz tried faking a knee injury last week and Johnny Gargano pretty much dropped him in it, but then The Miz attacked Dexter Loomis and Dexter Loomis was, spoiler alert, he was missing from this entire episode, so the damage must have seriously been done. But then Gargano just confronted him and he said, yep, you know, I did it last week, but I'm going to do it again. You need to tell people what's going on or I'm going to blow my whistle, I'm going to blow my whistle. He's actually wearing a whistle. He's like, I'm going to blow this whistle and tell everyone the truth, Miz, there is a truth. And I'm pretty intrigued by this because The Miz was still like, nope, do not know what you're on about. I'm just going to feign ignorance, la, 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 la. I'm just going to go out to the ring dressed in my full gear to just tell the world that there isn't a truth but there is a truth let me explain it gets very confusing because after we had a few shots of nascar legends and racers in the audience and everyone loved that so nascar go go racing the Miz said that Johnny Gargano is accusing him of something, but it's not the thing that he thinks he's accusing him of, because he's going to explain precisely what the secret is, the thing that he's accusing him of, even though he said there wasn't a thing to accuse him of about 10 seconds earlier when there was a camera on him. The Miz said that the reason Dexter Loomis has been doing what he's been doing is because he, well, he came up to him a couple of weeks ago after he'd got involved with his US Championship steel cage match against Bobby Lashley. He said, the reason I need to, like, stalk you, Miz, is because I want your knowledge. I want your brain power, and I'm jealous because you give all that brain power and wisdom and knowledge to Tommaso Ciampa and not me. Are you keeping up? The Miz then had a really funny moment where he was just like, oh, and Ciampa, let me. now we're speaking about Ciampa, he's, he's gone missing. My bestest pal in the whole wide world, Ciampa. He pulled out this card with Ciampa on it. He said, if you've seen Ciampa, let me know. And then Johnny Gargano proceeded to let him know that he was full of horse crap. Because he said that he just texted Mr. Champa and he said he's not missing, he's injured because he's a proper friend, so we've just kind of established on TV, on live main roster television, that these two are buddies. DIY's coming back, baby. And then things all got a bit weirder because, like, Gargano started saying, you're not telling the truth, I'm going to tell people the real truth. Miz was like, I don't know what the truth is, you can't handle the truth. And then because everyone was talking about truth, our truth came out. Yep, yeah, I'm not making this up. Because he's a Carolina boy, so he came down, he was singing this song, everyone was loving it, and he said, well, you, you gonna, you gonna tell the truth? I'm truth. What are you going to tell me? And I did crack up a little bit. I'll, I'll admit, I cracked up a little bit. Again, this all led to a bit of a back and forth, a bit of slapstick stuff, and Johnny was Johnny was meshing pretty well with Truth, and then Truth was going to have a match with Miz just after this, but the entire thing just felt a bit shoehorned in, like, oh, Truth's a hometown boy. We're going to get him involved in this 
chaos, this carnage, and that's that's just, I don't know, I don't know. It led to a match. And the match itself just felt like you were jumping back into a time machine or something, like back into 2011, because this is, they've seen this a lot, haven't we? This that, that was 11 years ago that these two were like teaming together and like fighting against each other and all this kind of stuff, and now here we are in 2022 and they're still, still having matches. And then the match happened, and it was just a bit of a throwaway nothing, in all honesty, and then the entire thing ended because the Miz got distracted by what appeared to be Dexter Loomis in the audience wearing his gloves and his big hood. He got rolled up, roll up finish. I don't know if he's still got a counter for that, but there was a roll up finish there. And the Miz was just looking perplexed when he looked into the audience and saw Johnny Gargano taking his hood off because it was him, not Loomis. Distraction. And yes, another distraction. So is that 14? Two, two in a row already. Oh, what a show. I'll be honest, the bickering between Johnny Gargano and the Miz didn't do a lot for me. It didn't really make me feel like Johnny Gargano was this lovable baby face. R-Truth just being forced in because he's the hometown guy. Okay, nice little pop, but didn't really do anything. It probably won't lead anywhere, so it just felt like a bit of nothing, this, didn't it? But moving from Johnny Gargano over to his lovely wife, Candice LeRae, because she was having an interview backstage with Kathy Kelly. Oh, she was. She got, like, two lines out, and then Bailey and Damage Control came in and just interrupted. There was a lot of this, a lot of this on this show. It was like AEW all over again. And Bailey was like, oh, I just don't care about you, Candice LeRae. I've battered your friends. I beat up all the baby faces. And Candice was like, what are you trying to do? Control the women's division? And I was like, well, have you read a t-shirt? Of course. And I think all this was just framed to make Candice LeRae look like a really valiant babyface because she stood up to all three of them. She said, you're this, you're that, and Bailey, you're not the champion anymore, and you're not going to be the champion. It's just not going to be a thing. And then Bailey was like, where are your mates? We're going to beat you up. And that's precisely what they did because she is a woman of a word. Elias was then backstage with Mr. Riddle. He was playing his old bong, get it, weed. And Elias just said, dude, like, well, let bygones be bygones. Last week was a bit of a mishap. There's a lot of, like, miscommunication. You interrupted. It is what it is. But I made a vow when I came back for people to stop interrupting me. I'm going to make it my mission to make people stop interrupting when I'm doing my music. And I just thought, well, why don't you just extend this to all of Raw? Maybe even all of wrestling, Elias. Every time somebody interrupts, just turn up or whack them on the head with the guitar so we can just get on with our lives. And typically, it was only a matter of time before somebody interrupted these two because after Academy walked in, shoosh from Chad Gable, he said, you know what, Elias, I preferred you when you didn't have a beard and you looked like Ezekiel, like because he was a bit of a goofball, but he was still lovable. And then Elias said, you do not say things like that about my brother. He was very, very angry, very pissed off. And he said, me and you, we're going to have a match later on tonight. Let's do it. And then we jumped to Austin Theory, making his way down to the ring. He had his briefcase. He was looking all cocky. And he was going to have a match with Mustafa Ali. And he had a little like picture-in-picture -picture promo. And he said, this guy was crying last week about not having a United States Championship match, so I'm going to make him cry some more by beating his ass. And I was pretty intrigued about what we were going to do with Mustafa Ali after last week. He was pretty much the feature player of Raw. He was involved with Seth Rollins. He had that big go, like, end of show brawl thing with Rollins as well. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? This is what we were going to do. Because Rollins, before these two could even get into the ring and start fighting, he popped out and everyone was going, whoa, the guy's seriously, seriously over. I saw him at Cardiff. That was over. This is still over. He's got it. But the match itself was pretty good. These two can work. They're very athletic. They're very innovative. So that in itself, like, it didn't deliver anything more than what you were going to expect out of these two. But in the end, we didn't get the result we needed because Austin Theory has been beating up loads. Like, he's not, another loss isn't really going to do much for him. He's got that Mr. Money in the Bank briefcase. He's pretty much Teflon at this point, isn't he? But in the close in stages, Seth Rollins just decided to get on the apron and try and distract Mustafa Ali when he was getting on the top rope. And Mustafa Ali didn't even look at him, really. He didn't really clock onto him. He just, like, got knocked off the rope when the ref had her back turned to the whole action. And then Austin Theory hit his eight-town down thing for the win. So Mustafa Ali lost, but they were trying to frame it like he got distracted, even though he didn't really notice the distraction itself. 
it was really messy, this. He gets a down. Also, because I've not done this in a while, I'm pretty sure I may have forgotten to give the Miz our truth thing a down, so it's gonna rewind. That gets it down too. But jumping back to the whole Ali Seth Rollins thing, yeah, he actually lost the match and they tried to protect him, but it didn't really protect him. It just made him look silly because he wasn't really looking at the distraction. He just got knocked off the rope and lost and it was what it was. And then they had a brawl and they tried to make him look great because he, he fought back from being beaten up and jumped by Seth Rollins, but the damage had already really been done. It feels like this push is already going in a bit of a weird direction that it didn't need to go, did it? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. And then Gargano was backstage, and this is kind of a thing throughout this show. Gargano was like the main guy. He was like the main character in the show. He'd get popping up everywhere. And he said, you know what, Miz? We've both deceived people now. I deceived you in the match, you know, deceiving all the lovely people in attendance. So we're kind of even in a way. And this just paved the way for JBL and Baron Corbin. They walked in. He was like, oh, you're Johnny Wrestling. I am a wrestling god. And you are an indie guy, and I'm a legend. You should be carrying my bags. He did the whole spiel about, you know, the generation above just saying horrible things the generation below it was all that kind of deal and then johnny said a great thing about jbl's pants being like mc hammer because he was the talk of the internet with those baggy baggy trousers last week and we're gonna have a match between corbin and gargano later tonight and spoiler johnny gargano doesn't really have bad matches does he let me add a quick salute to the success of old Dwayne pebble johnson because black adam's been kicking all the ass i actually watched it at the cinema last night I had a great time at loads of popcorn he punched some people in the face and there may or may not have been something really cool in the end credits but i won't spoil it for you but the big takeaway here was the fact that 
Corey Graves said that the Rockers dominated the DCEU. And what's going to come next? We don't know. That's what he said. He kind of teed it up. That is confirmed. The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39. It's happening in print. Then we had a big old video package leading to Bianca Belair and Bailey, which is going to go on later on in the night. It's not a title match because well, we can't just give you that because guess who's probably going to win? Spoiler. And after this, we had Omos taking on four people. The big giant Omos took on four people. And you know what? They nearly they, they didn't stand a chance, did they? They were never going to beat him. And that's precisely what happened. Because he came down to the ring and MVP was like, oh, did you see what he did to Braun Strowman last week? So just imagine what he's going to do to four goobers, to four local enhancement talents. He's going to kill Alia. And for a minute there, for a minute, they all jumped on him. And he was looking like he was going to get beaten up and he was going to get crushed into the ground. And then he exploded. Literally exploded. Almost exploded. I'm just kidding, he didn't explode, but he, he won the match and it just didn't really do anything because there was no real threat. You didn't really think Omos was ever going to get battered by local talents and we've seen the squash of local talents a lot with Omos. It's just gradually getting more and more people. You can have like a battle royale where he just throws everyone out in one push. You probably could. I'd actually be a lot more interested in that than this. This match in itself is not really doing much for me, so I'm going to give it a down, but the whole Braun Strowman Omos thing, I'm just intrigued. I want to see some big meaty men smashing into each other and we're going to get a lot of that on Crown Jewel, so I'm going to be a happy chappy. So I count that as three downs already. But, but, wait, there is hope because Chad Gable is going to have a match next and Chad Gable does not have a bad match. What I liked about all this is Elias, yeah, he's not as kind of athletic or he has not got the same kind of amateur wrestling pedigree as Chad Gable, but you could tell he'd maybe been doing a few little sparring sessions with his old brother Ezekiel because he looked pretty good. I, I thought he looked pretty good in between the ropes. He was doing some nice slick counters. Chad Gable was caught off guard and I thought, you know what, this guy, this guy, and Ezekiel, if they could tag team together, whoa, what a world. And the real big moment in this match was when Chad Gable was going for one of his epic moonsault things and Elias, out of nowhere, hit his Elias knee on the mid moonsault thing. It was like, imagine the RKO in midair. It was like that, but a knee. And it was really great. And then we hit the drift away. He won the whole thing. Otis kept trying to interfere all the way through it, but he was not successful until after the match when he got involved and started battering Elias. And you remember earlier on when he was saying to Riddle, Elias was saying to Riddle, do not interrupt me. Do not get involved with anything. Riddle got involved here, saved his ass, and that was storytelling, because Elias was clearly thankful, and he thought, you know what, yeah, yeah, this was probably a good thing that he interrupted me, so you can do this, this is fine. Character growth, you could say, character growth. So this entire thing is going to get a nice up. There is hope on this Raw, I told you. We then had the OC in the trainer's room, they were nursing the wounds, and Carl Anderson was nursing his crown jewels, and they said, we've got a real problem, don't we? And then Luke Gallo said, well, I've got a realution, because I'm going to go and sort out Rhea Ripley, because I'm the best with women, apparently, because we guys and women and money and he walked off and the two lads left there just went well he's, he's not really that good this is going to be interesting now I'll just jump ahead because there was a weird moment here where JBL was in the ring and then we cut back to the OC in this locker room kind of training room area and Gallows walked in he was nursing his crown jewels because he unsuccessfully tried to solve the whole Rhea Ripley problem and he just suffered for it and his nads are now damaged so what are the guys going to do to even these odds that is the question it's kind of being hinted that they might have to bring a lady in to come and deal with Rhea Ripley who could that be I don't know bring in Raquel Rodriguez. She's big, strong, and just have them glide heads, because we saw what they did in NXT, and I want to see that on the main roster. And then we had Johnny Gargano taking on Baron Corbin, King Corbin, Cool Corbin, Happy Corbin, Sack Corbin, with all the bells and whistles. And the match itself was pretty fun. I'm going to give it an up. Because again, much like Elias, it felt like Corbin has added a few new things to his repertoire. He looks a lot slicker in between the ropes. He's never been awful, but I feel like he's just adding things to help sell this whole new wrestling god moniker of his. And then you had JBL on commentary being just an absolute terror. 
this new burgeoning feud between Kevin Patrick and just JBL is crazy. It's carnage. There was a point where Kevin Patrick called the, I think it was the Deep Six, he called it a Ring Around the Rosie or something. Ring Around the Rosie. He said that and JBL said, what are we calling it? You're doing the play-by-play -play for Sesame Street? And I cracked. I popped. It was great. The match itself was pretty typical. It was your David versus Goliath stuff. You had like Johnny Gargano trying to cut down the big tree that was Baron Corbin. And then Corbin did a fall-away slam to just tip the old cowboy hat to JBL. It was lovely. And in the end, Johnny Gargano was always going to like get a little bit distracted by JBL on commentary. So he jumped on the announce desk that got stripped and he put his cowboy hat on. He started doing a little jig, shooting his guns. And JBL was, was, was not happy with this. So later on, he distracted him. He kind of like grabbed him. It wasn't a distraction. It was more of an interference. He grabbed his ankles and then that led into Baron Corbin hitting the end of days. And he won. He beat Johnny Gargano. And to be honest, he got what he deserved. He started dancing in front of JBL. He's a legend. He's a bona fide wrestling God! And then he got backstage and The Miz was there and he said, yeah, dude, I'm really sorry about what happened in your match. It's a real shame. And we were even more sorry about what happened to Candice LeRae backstage. Your wife, me and Maurice, we got you a card because we just want to mend this bridge and we want to sit down. We want to have a chat like grown-ups. And Johnny said, I'm not going to do any of this. Just tell the truth next week or I'm going to blow my whistle. And then he checked the card. He'd not even written in the card. He'd not put any money in the card. This was just cardboard. Cardboard. And it was a very quick response to somebody getting beaten up like an hour before. Very strange. But again, I just want to salute the fact that Johnny Gargano was like the main player throughout all this Raw. You can tell that Triple H is really, really high on his Johnny wrestling and he's just going to keep popping up all the way through the show and backstage segments during matches, in a match. I like Johnny. More Johnny's good Johnny. And then we had a Bianca Belair interview and she was talking about this big old Bailey match that she's got later on tonight and she said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of beating up all my friends. I'm going to beat up all her friends. Take everything she's ever had and will have in the future and I'm just going to destroy her because that's what Belair does. Then we had a big old video to promote the Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar big meaty colossal mash match that's going to happen at Crown Jewel and between that and the almost and Braun Strowman thing it's just going to be monstrous isn't it? This is going to be monsters there's going to be kaiju smashing into each other how is this stadium going to contain all these big Goliath men? You know what? Just have them have a match and then have the almost Braun Strowman match then have a tag team match with all of them then have a fatal four way and just call it Monster Mash book it. We then somehow had the main events. We've got there very quickly. This this show did move quite quickly, I've got to be honest. There was a, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things just like went over three segments, but we got there and it was going to be Bianca Belair versus Bailey, non-title match, and these two are pretty good together, so it was a pretty good match. The match is going to get an up. Because there was like a feeling out process at the start, but they know each other so well, so the test of strength thing didn't last very long, and they were just countering all their moves. There was a point where like, Bailey just completely kneed up the moonsault thing that Bianca Belair does, and then Bianca knead up the whole like elbow drop and then she did hit the moonsault they just knew each other like the back of the damn hands and then we got to the portion where everyone tries doing each other's moves so like Bailey tried to do the KOD but then Bianca did the Bailey to belly she did the Bianca to belly and she knocked her to the ground and got a near fall it was lovely and all the way through this match the little story that was being told is that Bailey was targeting this arm this left arm of Bianca Belair and every time she was looking in trouble like Bianca was picking up momentum she just attacked it she yanked it she pulled it off the barricade and hit it onto the floor she was just using this arm against her and it was looking like it was going to pay dividends. And there was even a top rope belly to belly that got a near fall. I don't think anybody's ever going to lose to the belly to belly again. It feels like it's been nerfed pretty badly at this point. And then as Bianca looked like she maybe was going to get a bit of a fight back on, damage control, who were at the ringside and didn't really get involved up to this point, they finally did get involved and stripped the table. This table got stripped a lot. It was like it was its own kind of strip bar and it just kept stripping off and dropping its clothes. This took a bit of a turn. But this didn't bother Bianca Belair. 
there. She just nudged everyone out of the way and then she started powerbombing Bailey onto everything. She was like, powerbomb onto the announce desk, powerbomb into the post, powerbomb into the apron, and then she threw into the ring. And then that's when things took a, another turn. There was a lot of turns going on. Because as Damage Couturel were trying to attack Bianca Belair, the ref got involved and he said, nah, you two, you go away. No, stop it. You're not very good. Get out of the ring. And as they turned around, all three of them, they got cross-bodied by Nikki Cross. Yeah, Nikki Cross, not Nikki A-S-H. Nikki Cross, dressed in normal people clothes, normal superhero. She just cross-bodied everybody. And then in the ring, we had the visual win from Bianca Belair because she hit the KOD and Bailey was out. Got the one, two, three, but there was no ref, so it did not count. But then after this visual win that didn't really count, Nikki Cross got into the ring, battered Bianca Belair, just hit her, hit her with this like swinging netbreaker thing. And then Bailey got on top of old Bianca. The ref came down, counted the one, two, three, so Bailey won. And it looks like, oh, Nikki Cross is gonna have a big feud now with Bianca Belair. Oh, what's gonna happen next? But no, because Nikki Cross then attacked Bailey. So she attacked both Bailey and Bianca Belair. She attacked everybody. Like she just left a big wasteland, literally all around the ring. Everyone was dropped by Nikki Cross, who's got a new mean attitude, which Corey Graves was like, I've seen this attitude before. So she's gonna be very similar maybe to what she was like in NXT. But the absolute wave of booze that were coming down from the audience just made this entire thing feel a bit like, oh, okay. Like you've ruined the main event, really, but I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know where we go from it. Is this gonna be Nikki Cross like taking on one or the other? Or are they all gonna be together in a triple threat? And does this protect Bailey? Then so Bailey doesn't have to get pinned by Bianca Belair if they do have an eventual three-way Raw Women's Championship match. As you can see, my mind is already exploding with all the questions and things that could happen going forward. So I like this. This entire development, it's been a bit divisive to some, but for me, I'm, it's getting up. I, I think it's gonna lead somewhere quite interesting, and it's anything but being a superhero for Nikki Cross. And I like Nikki Cross, so let's just keep her away from the blue and yellow. So those have been your raw ups and downs. I have been not Simon Miller. I've been Gareth. I'm, I'm sure Mr. Miller will be back next week. He trusted me with his show and I've destroyed it. I think I've, I've put way too many downs. I think he'll absolutely kill me for that because he's a positive Pete and I'm a negative Nigel. So that's what happens. But to be honest, I think the show in general was pretty good. I think the ups outweigh the downs. I've not been keeping track, but there was a lot of good stuff to take there. I thought Johnny Gargano was pretty good across the board. Like I like the Judgment Day stuff. I like Crown Jewels because I'm a so I'm going to give it an up. I'm going to give the entire thing an up as a whole. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 